Hey everyone, and thank you for listening to my podcast once again. Such a pleasure to have you join me. And I'm grateful to all my listeners who listen faithfully week after week. I trust that you're being blessed and helped and that fresh revelation is coming every time you listen. And you know, we're going to get into the Word of God and there's going to be wonderful things that come forth as we're sitting under the teaching of the Word of God. And the Lord has wonderful blessings in store for us. And you know, as we sit and listen to the Word of God, sit at the feet of Jesus and hear His words, there's going to be fresh revelation that comes. And it's fresh revelation and revelation from God's Word that will change our outlook in life. It will change our perception and our perspective on things. It will grow us up spiritually. It'll change us in our heart and at times even redirect us. Because how many know we can be going down a certain path along certain lines and think we're doing the right thing or think that we're on the right path, but the Lord will then show us something through his word or by his word, and it will redirect us. It'll redirect our lives. And it's through the redirection that comes from his word that we're able to go higher, that we're able to to enter into more blessing that he has for us. Because remember, the Lord will bless us as far as he can. And he chooses to bless every single one of his children as much as he can. But it's important that in order to receive the fullness of of that blessing and to receive all that God has for us, that we position ourselves in his word and by his spirit to be ready for that blessing and to position ourselves to receive all that he has for us. There's always God's part and then there's our part. And we have a responsibility to come and hear his word and to be doers of his word and to feed upon the word of God and to be led by the spirit of God. You know, being led by the spirit of God is our responsibility. We are not supposed to to lead ourselves, but we have a responsibility and and it's for our benefit that we follow the Holy Ghost and follow the leading of the Lord and what he's saying to us. Because, yeah, we can direct our own lives. We can plan our own path and go down our own way, what we think is right and good. But when the Lord is in our decisions and when he's directing our steps, that's when the greatest blessing comes forth. And like I said, it's our responsibility because when you have heard what the word has to say about being led by the Spirit of God and being a child of God, how guidance belongs to you, then at that point it's you becomes you become responsible to begin to listen to the holy ghost to begin to listen because when you know it's available to you and you're not listening well then you've chosen not to that's that's your fault but when you're when you know that the holy ghost is available and there to lead and guide and is speaking then it's our responsibility to tune our ears in to what the spirit of god is saying and to listen with our spirit ears and to listen in our hearts what is he saying? What does he want us to do? Where is he taking us to? And like I said earlier, it'll be redirecting us. He'll at times redirect us. If we're on a path that's, that we're going on, we need to be open to the Lord changing that path and to moving us into places that he has for us so that we can bear more fruit for his kingdom. And that redirection takes place as we get into that revelation. Redirection comes through revelation. 
Remember what Paul said in Ephesians chapter 1, the 16th verse. Paul said, I cease not to make mention of you in my prayers, praying for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of his of him or his son, the knowledge that's in Christ, and that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what is the riches of the glory of the inheritance in the saints, what is the exceeding greatness of his power demonstrated to us word who believe, the scripture says. And so there's three things there. He said, the hope of his calling, the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, the exceeding greatness of his power. So there's the call of God that we need to have revelation of. There's the inheritance that God has for us we need to have revelation of. There's the power of God that we need to have revelation of. And it all comes when we receive from God, when our eyes are open. And remember, Paul said he prayed to the Father of glory that he would give unto us the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him or the knowledge of Christ. The spirit of wisdom, the spirit of revelation in the knowledge of Jesus. And that the eyes of our understanding, that word understanding there means spirit, the eyes of our spirit being enlightened. Enlightened with the word of God. Enlightened with the light of God. And how many know our spirits have eyes? Our spirits have ears. And our spirits see and hear things that our flesh, our, our mind, and our, our natural being doesn't always see and hear. But you can get it with your spirit and through your spirit. And it, then it will, as, an, as a result, change the rest of our life and the rest of our being. If you have your Bibles, we'll just turn on over to Ephesians today. Ephesians chapter 1, we were quoting it, but it's important that we look at it. The eyes of your understanding, verse 18, being enlightened, that you may know, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, the exceeding greatness of his power to us word who believe. And it's important that we point out that the power of God is only demonstrated to those who believe. It's demonstrated to those who who operate and live by faith. God has exceeding great power that he wants to pour out on his people, that he wants to use and demonstrate for his people. He has great power available to all the children of God to work on their behalf. And yet so many people walk around without experiencing the power of God, without experiencing the hand of God, without experiencing all that God had for them because they don't believe, because they're not operating in faith. But the exceeding greatness of his power is given to those who believe. It, they shall have revelation of it, and as a result of revelation, they shall walk in the light of it, and their lives shall be changed. And, you know, all of these things, like I said, belong to us. They're for us. They have been made available to us, and yet... We're not going to benefit from them. We're not going to partake of them unless we have that revelation like Paul was talking about. Unless we have the eyes of our understanding enlightened. Unless we have light on it. 
There are so many Christians today that are walking around sick. So many Christians today that are walking around poor. So many Christians today walking around defeated. So many Christians today walking around in fear and doubt and confusion. And they struggle. And it's not the will of God. It's not God's will. It's not the will of Father God that Christians struggle in life. And yet they're walking around with it because they're not receiving the revelation that God has of what he has done for them, of what he has made available to them. They don't have revelation of it. They are ignorant of it. The scripture says in the Old Testament that my people perish for lack of knowledge. And you know, you can perish because you don't know something. You can perish if you have lack of knowledge. You know, you may have money in the bank. Maybe somebody has an inheritance for you and gave you an inheritance and it belongs to you and it's for you. But if you don't have knowledge of that inheritance, if you don't know about it, then it ain't gonna, it's not going to benefit you. It will not benefit you. You can only benefit from the things of God if you have a revelation of, what, of those things. If you have a revelation of what he's done. And so that's why Paul was urgently and fervently praying. He said he was praying for the church. He said he gave, he ceased not to give thanks for them, making mention of them in his prayers. Well, these are Holy Ghost prayers. These are spirit-inspired prayers that Paul prayed, and they're for us today. And he said he was praying to God, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, that he would give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Because in Christ is all knowledge. In Christ is the knowledge found. It's in his it's in him. It's in his word. And you know, it is so true. I find it I've found it true in my personal life, in my experience, that there has been I've I've read through the New Testament, I've looked at different portions of scripture, studied on different subjects over the years. But if I keep my heart right and keep asking God to give me fresh revelation and keep asking God to show me new things, that there's subjects that even though I've looked at them so many times, they, they come, they carry with them fresh revelation every single time I look at them. In other words, it may be a subject that I've heard before or, or a message taught so many times on faith or the Holy Ghost or authority in Christ or whatever it may be. And even though I've heard it so many times, because it's alive and the word is living, it carries with it fresh revelation. I can look at something and I've read it a hundred times and then see something new that I never saw before. Why? Because it's living, because it's eternal, and because there's revelation found in it. And if you'll keep your heart right before God, if you'll have a heart that is clear to hear, if you'll have a heart that is ready to receive what God has for you, then you'll receive that revelation out of the scripture. You'll receive those truths that'll make you free and help you to walk in greater blessing. You'll receive things and see things like you never saw them before. Glory be to God. But it comes as we're seeking God and as we're coming before him in faith. It takes faith to receive revelation. Glory be to God. And there's so much in the word that's for us and belongs to us. God wants to take his church deeper. God wants to take his church farther 
you turn over in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And we're going to look at another scripture here. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Look at the first verse. Paul said, I'm... And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of our God. For I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. Verse 4, And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and power, that your faith that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Where's your faith supposed to be? It's supposed to be in the power of God. Your faith is supposed to be in God. Have faith in God, Jesus said. Have the God kind of faith. Have the faith of God. Mark eleven twenty two. That your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Now, if you back up to verse 4, he said, My speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom. And in verse 5, he said, our faith should not be, not stand in the wisdom of men. See, so many times people are looking at their own wisdom, or they're looking at the wisdom of other men or other people. And they're so caught up in the wisdom that that is in this life, in this natural realm. They're, they're living according to their own wisdom. They're living according to their own knowledge. They're living according to what they've seen and known and what they've been taught or what they've learned. Maybe even what their experiences have taught them. And it's all summed up in the wisdom of men. And Paul said, and the scripture said, not to have put our faith in that wisdom. Not to have our faith in that wisdom, but have it in the power of God. He said in verse 4, his speech and his preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom. But in demonstration of the spirit and power. Now notice he said, in demonstration of the Spirit and power. Those are two separate things. The demonstration of the Spirit and then power. Two separate and distinct things. Because there is the demonstration of the Spirit. The demonstration of the Spirit. And we don't have time to teach on it, but 1 Corinthians chapter 12 talks about the manifestations of the Spirit. And it talks about all the different ways in which God manifests himself in the earth through the Holy Ghost. And anything that God does, anything the Holy Ghost does, is going to be found in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, the manifestations of the Spirit. And within that, and within everything he does, it's, we can break it down into two things. Demonstration of his Spirit, and then the power of his Spirit. And the demonstration of his Spirit and the power of his Spirit are two things that, the, that take place when we come together in the body of Christ, but also take place through Holy Ghost people. And through, when, as the Lord wills, it manifests and is a blessing It's to our prophet. But like I said, we don't have time to teach on it, but demonstration of the Spirit and power. That was what Paul came with, he said. My speech, my preaching was in demonstration of the Spirit and power. That's your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. You know, being prompted to say this, we've been in a in a church culture and in a church society that has tried to promote the agenda of men and tried to 
tried to find ways to grow the church through means that are according to man's ideas and tried to build the house of God according to natural means and according to natural wisdom, what we could do. How can we be more attractive? How can we entertain? How can we be more relatable? And as a result, the church has gotten off spiritually and become poor spiritually. And there's been a warning from the head of the church not to compromise on the message, not to compromise on the truth, not to compromise on the things of the spirit, but to stay true with what we know, to not try to find any other way to reach people other than the way that Jesus reached people and the way that the word says to reach people. And people today, they're trying to grow their own house instead of trying to build the house of the Lord. The scripture says in Psalms chapter 127 verse 1, except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. And I saw this one time in the spirit. I was praying along years ago and As I was praying, the Lord opened my eyes to see and he showed me the church of the Lord Jesus Christ as a whole, the body of Christ, and how it had gotten off spiritually. Outwardly, it looked good. Outwardly, there were lots of people coming in the doors. Outwardly, there was a crowd. Outwardly, it looked like things were thriving and things were going the way they wanted it to. But inwardly, there was error. Inwardly, there was poverty. Inwardly, they had gotten off. Inwardly, they had they'd gotten sidetracked and departed from the things of the Spirit and the truth of the Word of God. And the Lord was just showing me in this vision that they're going to be in these last days, churches that will that will be like this, but they won't be able to stand. They won't be able to continue because they're not built on the foundation of Christ. They were not built by the Lord. The Lord was not building it. The Lord was not in it. And there's so many things, I think, that people are building. So many ministries, so many churches, so many uh, ideas. And even in people's own personal lives, they're they're growing and building their own life. And what they can accumulate. How much they can accumulate in their life. What kind of a life they can have for themselves. And it's all being done in the flesh. It's all being done in vain. And the Lord is not in it. You know, the Lord showed me one time that if if something is truly a blessing from the Lord, if the Lord has truly blessed somebody, it will bless them always first spiritually. It will always be a blessing to them first spiritually. And if it's not from the Lord then they will suffer spiritually. They will be poor spiritually, so to speak. And it's so true. Anything from the Lord, even if it's a natural blessing, if it comes from the Lord, it's going gonna, it's gonna to first be a blessing to you spiritually. Your faith is going to grow. But if it's not from the Lord, if the Lord is not in it, you may look like you've got it all together. You may look like you're growing. You may look like you've got all this great stuff. You may look like you're okay. But you're poor spiritually. You're suffering spiritually. And there are so many Christians today that are wandering and wayward out in their out in communities and out in the in the world all over all over this country and they're just wandering and they're wayward. They're not being led by the Spirit of God. They're not being directed by the plan of God. They're following their own ideas and their own agenda. 
and they're poor spiritually. And even if they're able to bless themselves in this life, even if they're able to accumulate wealth in this life, even if they're able to have stuff in this life and seemingly have the be living the good life, it, when all is said and done, you get over to the other side, you'll suffer loss. You'll suffer loss. And you won't be able to reap the eternal rewards that God had for you. Because there is an eternal reward. The Lord said to lay up, not for yourselves, treasures on earth, where moth and rust do corrupt, where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves, Jesus said, treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust do corrupt, nor thieves break in through and steal. And then he said, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. There will your heart be also. Where do you find your treasure? I'm reading from Matthew chapter 6, or I was quoting from Matthew chapter 6. Where do you find your treasure? Where is your treasure found? Is it in this life? Is it in these things in life? You know, the scripture said, 1 John chapter 2 verse 15, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. For if any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that's in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, not of the Father, but as of the world. The world, notice, is passing away, and the lust thereof. But he who doeth the will of God abideth forever. Everything done in the will of God will abide forever. Anything done in the flesh and done according to your own ideas in vain will not abide, but it will be lost to you. You will not be able to obtain it. You will not be able to hold on to it. It will be lost. Where do you find your treasure? Where is your treasure? Where your treasure is, Jesus said, there will your heart be also. That's in Matthew chapter 6, verse 19, 19 through 21. But a lot of people are building, getting back on what we were talking about are building on their own foundation laying and building up their own lives and their and in when it comes to ministries and churches they're building their own churches they're building their own ministries and the lord's not in it the lord's not in it you know there were there's been people over the years that have come and tried to start churches and my my dad who pastors a church he um he would talk to different people over the years and ministers and they would come to him from time to time. Different ones would come to him and say, well, I'm thinking about trying this. What do you think about it? I'm thinking about starting a church in this area or whatever. What do you think about it? Thinking about just trying it. And, you know, we the, the whole approach to that is wrong. What I'm thinking about trying it. What do you think about it? You know, we ought not to be thinking about trying anything. We ought to be led by the Spirit of God to do something. You don't just try things in the will of God. You can't have faith in God to help you if you're not being led by Him to do that thing. In other words, if He's not leading you to try do that, if He's not leading you to start that work or to do that certain thing or move to a certain area, if He's not leading you to do that, then you can't have faith in Him to help you or faith in God to assist you in that. No, when the Lord is leading you, however, and showing you what to do, and you have revelation of that, and you you have knowledge of that, then you can have faith. You can exercise your faith in that, and you can 
stand on the promises of God. But if you're just trying it, just to try it, then you have nothing to stand on. There's no faith to stand on. People are building their own lives. People are trying things for no reason. People are just wayward in the body of Christ. Not being led, like I said. And it's really sad because the Holy Ghost is always available to lead in God. The, the head of the church wants to direct and, like I said earlier, redirect some people into their destiny, their God-given destiny. I believe that's for some people today that'll hear this. Redirect people into their God-given destiny to get off their path and to get on the path of heaven, to not lean to their own ideas, their own understanding, but to lean to the wisdom and knowledge of heaven, to lean on the Spirit of God who is ever ready to take them into greater blessings and greater glory. Hallelujah. But you must submit. You must follow. You must heed my word and my spirit and not be moved to the right or to the left, not be moved by what it looks like in the natural or what it seems like, but only being led inwardly, following the peace of God and following that inward knowing on the inside. And it shall take you into the things that I have in store for you. I hear the Spirit of God say, Hallelujah, glory be to God. And so we must learn to look inwardly, train ourselves to be led by the Spirit of God, train ourselves to be conscious of the inner man, to look to what is in our hearts. The Holy Ghost resides on the inside of us. That's where the Holy Ghost is. Guidance is not out of your head. The Lord isn't going to lead you out of your head. He never said he would lead you out of your head. And yet so many people are looking to their head for the answers. But no, he promised to lead them out of their spirits. The spirit of man, the scripture said, is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly. There is a spirit in man, Job said, and the inspiration of the Almighty giveth him understanding. The scripture says, Thou will light my candle. The Lord my God will enlighten my darkness. That was all in the... Old Testament, I just quoted Job, I just quoted uh, Proverbs 10, 27, and then Psalms uh, 28, 18, I'll have to look at that. But that was all out of the Old Testament. And then we come over into the New Testament, Romans chapter 8, verse 14 says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. And verse 16 says, the Spirit himself, actually the King James says itself, but a better translation would be himself, because the Holy Ghost isn't it, it. It's him, the third person of the Godhead. The Spirit himself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Hallelujah. And so as children of God, we can expect to be led by the Spirit of God. We can expect to be directed by the Spirit of God. We ought to have faith that the Lord is leading us. The Lord is guiding us. Faith in that. And you know, if we don't know, we ought not to go. We, if, we, if we don't have the, the answers yet, we ought to wait on the Lord and not just press forward and not just push forward into what we have to do. Some people are so rushed and so um, hasty in their decisions, trying to, trying to make a decision. They feel like they have to make a decision. Well, no, pressure doesn't come from the Lord. The, the enemy 
The devil pressures and pushes and drives, but the Lord leads and guides. And so wait on the Lord. You don't have to make a decision today. You don't have to make a decision right now. You can wait on the Lord. Wait in his presence. And if you don't know, don't go. If it doesn't seem right, don't go. If it seems like there's something wrong, then then heed that. I've talked to so many people over the years, and they've said, you know, it just something just seems wrong about this situation or this person, or I just can't put my finger on it, but it just doesn't seem right. And I've always said to them, you know, don't just reason that that's your own mind thinking that. Don't just don't just assume that that's just you thinking that or or reasoning that out. But recognize that the Holy Ghost is leading you and guiding you because he's promised to do so. The Holy Ghost is endeavoring to lead his children, lead the children of God, whether they recognize it or not, whether they're heeding it or not. He's there leading and guiding. He's directing. But they have to be listening. They have to be heeding. They have to be taking the time to wait on the Lord. If we're going to be successful in life, if we're going to be... If we're going to be fruitful in life, then we have to learn to wait on the Lord and be led by the Spirit of God. Glory be to God. And not build our own kingdom, amen? You know, the Lord wants to build in us His purpose and destiny for our lives. He has well, He wants to build up in us His incredible purpose that was planned out before the foundation of the world and bring us into great and mighty things. But we have to be willing to follow in his path and not the path that we thought we should have gone on. And a lot of times it's going to take sacrifice. It's going to take diligence. In fact, I just tell you right now, it's going to take a lot of sacrifice and a lot of diligence. It's going to take a lot of dedication. It's going to take a lot of setting aside other things and letting go of other things. Hallelujah. The Spirit of God is tell is speaking to hearts in this day and in this hour to let go of of the former things and to let go of those weighty things and to let go of those sinful things and to let go of worldly things and Run their race unto the Lord Jesus. Run their race with patience. To let go of all this other stuff so that they can wholly and completely serve the kingdom of God. And remember, when you let go of your stuff, then he'll give you better stuff, greater stuff. You know, like I said, and you've heard me say it, 2021 is the year of new levels new places, greater graces, greater blessings in my plan. The scripture says in what Psalm or in Isaiah chapter 1 verse 19, if you be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. If you be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. But people are always trying to get the good of the land without being willing and obedient or they try to try to get their own goods out of the land rather than letting the Lord give them the good of the land. But it takes willingness and obedience. Willingness and obedience. You have to have the right heart. Notice that the scripture puts the willingness before the obedience in that, in that verse. 
Isaiah 1.19. Because you have to get your heart right before God, before you can ever truly do what he said to do. And so many times if we jump out trying to obey God, but we're not willing in our heart, our hearts aren't right before God, then we're still not going to reap the rewards or reap the benefits of the land, the goodness of the land. No, we have to make sure our hearts are right in his sight. Make sure that our hearts are in the right place and in a willing state. And then go out and be obedient so that you can eat the good of the land. And it doesn't matter what the land looks like. It doesn't matter if it's a drought, if it's a famine, if it's a wilderness. It doesn't matter if there's trouble all around, darkness all around. The land it does not determine the blessing. Does the, the the circumstances, the what the world is doing right now, what the state of the world is, or what the state of the country is, does not determine whether or not God can bless you or not. God is not limited. His hand is not short that he cannot save. The Lord is able to prosper his servant, able to bring them into that better place. He takes pleasure in the prosperity of his servant, the scripture says. And he'll prosper you no matter what's going on in the world. God will cause you to eat the good of the land, will cause you to be rewarded, will cause you to prosper and be blessed. If you'll stay true to his purpose, if you'll stay true to his plan, if you'll stay true to him and his word and not be moved. Many of us are being pulled by other people. There, Many get pulled by family members or friends or others around us. They get pulled to do other things, to get pulled to, to try to do other things other than what the Lord said to do. And people can persecute and attack you for not doing it their way. And you will face persecution if you do it God's way. But it's God's way that brings the blessing and brings the reward. Jesus said, I'm coming quickly and my reward is with me to give to every man according to his work. But his work the work that he's talking about there, that the Lord Jesus was talking about there, is the work that he called you to do. Because if you're trying to get get blessing out of what he, you're doing instead of what the Lord's doing, it ain't going to happen. But Jesus said, I'm coming quickly and my reward is with me to give to every man according to his work. And so I'm all about the rewards that God has for me. All about the rewards that Jesus has prepared for me. That place that he has prepared for me in heaven that eternal reward jesus said in my house in my father's house are many mansions if it were not so i would have told you i go to prepare a place for you i go to prepare a place for you where i am there you may be also there's a place for you there's a place in his hand there's a place in his plan there's a place in his house so lay up treasure in that place. Focus on that place. Live for that place. And remember that the Lord Jesus is coming very, very, very quickly. The Lord has directed me and spoken to me in recent times to emphasize his coming and to remind the body of Christ that he is coming. I'm coming. I'm coming. It's quicker and sooner than you think. 
It's quicker and sooner than you think. So live for that place. Be focused on that place. Set your affection on things above and not on things of the earth. Colossians 3 said. Build the Lord's house. Let the Lord build the house. And don't labor in vain in your own plan. Because time is very short. Guys, it's kind of a serious subject, but it's a very good subject and a good thing we're teaching on here. And I trust that you are blessed. Remember, you can follow the ministry on Facebook and YouTube. And there's stephenoverbaugh.com. You can go on our website and find out when we're going to be traveling and ministering in other churches. And, you know, the Lord is increasing us. The Lord is doing more and more. And we're such, we're, we're just blessed I'm just blessed to see what the Lord has been doing and how he is moving and greater things are in store. Great things are on the way. And thank you for all those who partner with my ministry. If you want to partner and be a part of what is going on at Stephen Overbaugh Ministries, you can go on our website and fill out the partnership form. It's all laid out there for you. It's simple and easy. And I want to thank all my partners for doing that, for being a part of what the Lord is doing right here at SOM. Know that I pray for you, my staff prays for you, and we're believing God with you that all the things the Lord has spoken to you and doing in you, they shall come to pass and that greater blessings are coming to pass in your life. So be blessed. Have a great day. We'll talk to you next time.